Right, and we have kicked off. It is the Play On podcast at Podcast Play On. Thanks for listening. Make sure you share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. Don't forget you can check out the other podcasts that we put together every other week, Beer Up and Banner, at Beer Up Bants. Uh, make sure you check out all the streaming platforms. I go by the name of Ben English, and alongside me, as always, we have Cal. How you doing, sir? Not too bad. How you doing yourself, sir? Very good, man. Enjoying this Sunday. Um, recovered from watching the Alvarez, Billy Joe Saunders fight and the Elon Musk Saturday Night Live uh, debauchery of Dogecoin. But we'll talk about that another time. And Ryan, how you doing, sir? The flair, Mr. Perez himself, the podcast in Perez. Wow, Ryan. Ash, you mean. Oh, sorry, sugar. Wow. <laughs> wow, just doing me like that, yeah. I, I ain't a blue. Yeah, no, I'm all good, man. I'm all good. Happy Sunday, people. Yeah, my bad, my bad. You can tell where my mind's at as well. And uh, he's, he's here in spirit, but not in uh, not on the podcast, is Ryan. And we have got a, another special guest today, uh, someone I've known for a while in the music scene, um, produced with some of your f- favourite artists, um, put out you know a classic project a few years ago with all the grand favourites and has been turning his hand to some different production. We've got Roundtree, producer, DJ, DJ, podcaster great guy all round great man D- uh round you hating sir i'm good i want to add to that as well lateral thinker is my new um, <laughs> title. i'm not an influencer that I'm, I'm gonna be a lateral thinker i'm yeah. good everyone good morning good afternoon good night good to have you on board man good to have you on board um how you been recently i know you've been working um just let people know sort of some of the projects you have worked on and what you're working on just so we just give you some context for those that don't know um, so lockdown started and um, me and most most actors have started a, um, a project. I can't really give the name away because it'll be too obvious. But we've just finished that now. So that's going to be coming out in a couple of months. That's executively produced by me and about 80% of the songs are produced by me as well. So that's a good little move over there we've got. Um, I've got a single coming out on, off Emily Sunday's album, her fourth album. Um, that drops as well this summer. Um, I'm working on Tiny's album, Tiny Tempest album, or Tiny just now. Um, been in the studio for everyone, Miss, the locals, AJ, um, just everyone really been grinding, grinding. Loads of music to come out now and um, got a little something coming with the Rangers um, team as well. So let's look out for that. Nice, nice. And you had a feature on the uh, Skepta Chip and yeah. um, Young Ads Project, the Insomnia, that sort of garagey two-step rhythm on there, which I really liked. And you got a, you got like a little plaque for that, didn't you? Like a, um, I say little, not a plaque, it was a... It went number one, so because it was yeah, in, yeah. Congrats in, in that chart. Jeez. Yeah, so we got that one. That was nice. Um, and yeah, it's fun all right. Really, it's just about to go silver the album, so sixty thousand sales is, is decent, especially in the in the pandemic of people not buying music and stream. Mm. You know how how they were. So yeah, it's been a good year. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Well, I mean, I know this isn't not the beer up and banter music one but it was one of the standout projects of the year and that was definitely a, a great record as well for summer and so good to have you on board man um and uh as always where can people hit you up on the socials who aren't following you already or want to follow your journey um it's very simple with me just r-x-w-n-t-r-e-e and that is for everything that's for your twitter your instagram i don't know if you use myspace or whatever Even <laughs> youtube it's all one thing but there's only one me that's it. I can't be sued by the other company. Safe. Nice, nice, nice. And what is your team? Let us know your team, please. <sighs> My team's Arsenal right now. He, he says he says with a heavy sigh. Yeah, because you know what? It's just it's been mad. The last ten years have been mad. Yeah, we won a few FA Cups, but it's it's been a joke. So I'm currently thinking about having a little loan 
you know, a little break sometimes is good for the relationship. <laughs> what are you thinking of going uh, late in Orient? Yeah, I can't do another Premier League team because that's just straight, like, straight blasphemy and all that other nonsense. But I'm thinking, yeah, I might just go enjoy it for the fun, do a little late in Orient for a season. They're around the corner for me as well. Can get a decent season ticket. Um, or failing to do that, I might just, yeah, might just go, go abroad. Watch more of the team for fucking bio. But you could join one of the uh, hipsters and so start supporting Clapton. Ah, uh, do you know what? I've gone to a few of their games. My friends are scout for Arsenal, so yeah, they've been getting smashed to pieces. But um, I think letting know it's my, my starting point to be honest at the moment. Good man, good man. Right, and we usually have our guests sum up uh, the last game, uh, only using three words. Obviously, we'll talk about the game in a bit more detail in our results uh, results segment. But could you sum up Arsenal's last game in three words, please? And you can use any three words of your choice. Pathetic, dry. And what would the last one be? Um, dead food. That's going to be one word now. It's a new word in the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> disappointment, all right, disappointment all the way around. Right. Now we've got that under the way. Right. We're going to go straight into the results. Um, I thought it would be fair to jump straight into the big games midweek. Champions League. We're going to go with the Man City PSG game. And uh, Ash, your boy Neymar. Um Tried, although failed, didn't really do too much. They were missing Mbappe. What were your thoughts on Man City getting a win and, and securing their place in the final? Well, yeah, you know me. I said it in the group that he was trash. Um, yeah, Man City, that furry deserved it. Um, PSG just didn't do enough. They had that one chance where I think Marquinhos hit the bar just after um, they scored. But Man City just looked very, very good on the break. I think they needed a lead. Um, similar to what they did against Bayern Munich, get a lead and then be able to kind of like use that, soak up the pressure and then kind of see themselves through. The moment that City had a lead going back to the Etihad, they look a little bit more um, like resolute. They look a bit more savvy in Europe. And I just want to say, I think Ruben Diaz has really transformed that team. I know they're playing without a striker. I know Phil Foden's been balling out. Um, Cancelo's been really good this season. Rodri settled, someone who I was really um, critical of last season. But the difference that Ruben Diaz has made to that team is just monumental. And I just didn't see PSG. As soon as they got one, I didn't see PSG scoring two. And yeah, just I'm really hoping that I really hope that City do it because I don't really need Chelsea to win another Champions League being from London. Like, like, Like 2012 was bad enough. Um, yeah, I can't do this in 2021. Like, I'm not on it. It's possible. It's possible. Um, Roundtree, did you see the game? And what was your thoughts on sort of Diaz? And it's, it's, it's nice from my point of view, seeing defenders who celebrate last minute tackles and putting his whole body in the line. But did you see the game? What was your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I was there for that game. mate. See, Diaz balling out of control. Like if he carries on like this, he's going he's, to, I think he'd, he'd mop off, like, he's going to mop off Campani because he's actually on full smoke. Campani was sick, but this Diaz is on like, world-class levels. He's adjusted to the Prem in, what, under a season, really. Right. And because I, I don't really class last year because that was the COVID season, really, but he's adjusted crazy. Um, PSG, they've got a couple of players. They haven't really built a squad yet. And um, Icardi was just missing. I don't know I don't know why they started him for. Moses King's been banging in goals over there. He should have got a shout. Or even um, uh, even just, just going for the false nine, but Icardi offers nothing for PSG. Mm for the last two seasons I don't know why he's there what is happening 
there must be something up, up. Someone must like him upstairs because it doesn't make sense otherwise. Um, other than that, Man City dominated as we kind of expected with no striker. It's crazy. I'm going for a prediction that Man City are going to win it with Aguero getting the winning goal and then leaving. <laughs> well, we'll talk about Aguero in, in, in a bit with the uh, recent penalty miss. But um, just this touching on PSG and sort of building the squads, obviously uh, Pochettino has been there and he's slowly building. We've just got reports that Neymar has extended his stay at Paris uh, until the summer of 2025. Is reported that he'll be paid a cool £36.5 million per season. Um, Ash, I, mean, I know he's your guy. Are you, you happy to see him stay there and sort of try and prove himself a bit more? I mean, he was phenomenal in the semi-final and he played really well in the first leg. Um, maybe a bit unfortunate not to be on the winning team going into the final, but you're happy staying a bit more in, in Paris? I don't know, man. I, I'd love I'd love him to come here. Like where he'd go and who can afford him is that that the big question. But like, I'm just happy to see him play. Like I think I, I think he needs to he needs to almost do something with this project. So like I said, they got to the final last year. Um we then had him get to the semis this year. First leg he did play really, really well. Well the, sorry, the first half of the first leg, he played really well. And then as soon as the team kind of dropped back a little bit. Um, then he, he didn't do well. I think Roundtree made a great point. Like they do have two or three like exceptional individuals, and then the backup isn't that good. Even the midfield setup of Verratti, um, Herrera, and who else played there? And um, Paredes. It just wasn't enough. Like they need to go and get a goal. Why not play a Draxler? Why not play someone else who's like a bit more inventive, a bit more like cutting? Like it just seemed a little bit too safe. Um, and yeah, I, I don't even know if Poch is going to be there because they're not doing, they're not like perfectly doing well in the league. They haven't won the Champions League. I wouldn't be surprised if he's under a little bit of pressure now as well. But Neymar staying is obviously going to be um, really, really beneficial for them. And mm. hopefully he's able to, to to deliver what they really want, which is a Champions League trophy. Yeah, I think he attracts more big stars who want to play around him. You know, he's, he's one of the best in the world. He's sort of, you know, he's a game changer and other players will want to, compete with him so that's a massive move for PSG obviously they can pay the money it's whether they can just do it at the highest level now which they keep failing to be doing it at the last minute um Cal I'm going to pass it over to you obviously an all English final I did call it I thought all four teams were going to get into the finals obviously Arsenal letting everyone down no surprise there but what were your thoughts on Chelsea a very professional performance in the second leg a very professional performance that's a good way to put it actually um, I mean, I, I think we can all probably predict that two chills Chelsea are going to play that way now. We've seen enough of them to know that they're very solid defensively. They don't take too many risks. Um, and it, it's it's actually just brilliant to have an all-English final, you know. Um, personally, looking at Chelsea under Lampard, I kind of felt like, are they going to do well in the Champions League? Maybe not. So I was actually just pleasantly surprised that they've managed to do so well and get all the way to the final. This particular game against Real Madrid, I mean, Real Madrid aren't, they're, they're a big name club, but they aren't the Real Madrid of old. You know, they don't have the Figos and the amazing array of, of stars that they used to have. You know, this team is, as you know, I think they looked against Chelsea. They looked quite ordinary. You know, you do have a top-class striker in Benzema who did have a couple of chances. But at the end of the day, mm. if you don't put your chances away, you're going to leave yourself vulnerable. 
And that's exactly what happened. They didn't score their chances. Chelsea scored theirs. Hazard didn't really put forward a big performance. Um, you're not really going to expect goals from midfield from Madrid with Modric, Cruz and Casemiro in that midfield there. Um and so it is what it is, you know. Um, but I, I don't want to take anything away from Chelsea. I think Kante in particular, I think he was absolutely brilliant in that game. The guy just seemed to be everywhere um, and really just allowing players like Mason Mount to be able to bomb forward and support the attack. And then you've got Werner who seems to be playing. I thought Werner was coming in to be someone who scores goals, but he seems to be someone who's operating as like an, a, an assister and a creator as well now. And Havertz has come into form and the way Werner and Havertz are linking up with Mount getting in from midfield, getting, getting up front as well. It's, it's brilliant to see. And, and I think, you know, uh, the, after the way that Chelsea beat City, um, you might you might think they could go ahead and win the uh, the whole tournament. Be interesting to see. I think with the midfield, obviously, Modric, Casemiro, Cruz, technically brilliant, but they just got outran, didn't they? There was a lot more youth and sort of zip to the way Chelsea were, were popping it about, and they just kept running. So well done, and Chelsea in that point of view, and also Mendy, just two amazing saves, especially that first save from uh, Benzema, just world class. I mean, you know, the, the guys really helped secure. Chelsea's back line and um, he, he pulled it out of the bag you know your keeper pulling out them saves fine margins at that level and uh, kept Chelsea in it and then obviously they went on for the win so an all English final should be interesting to see there is news of it possibly being moved from Turkey they're, they're, they're thinking about being uh, being played in Wembley Roundtree what's, what's your thoughts on the final being moved do you think that's a that's a fair assumption they should do it because of sort of Covid and all, all English teams or do you think they should keep it in Turkey obviously because they've promised the the government and the FA think it's going to be held over there. Yeah, to be honest, I think they're worried about this whole COVID thing. So both English teams in an English stadium, no one's got to travel nowhere. You can have fans. It makes sense for the game. It's, it, having fans there makes it a proper final. And if you're going to go to Turkey and have all these mad restrictions, it's, it's pointless. Why are we going to travel to somewhere else? But just to touch on the Real Madrid thing, I personally think Real Madrid are finished. 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 <laughs> time for a time for a change, destroy and rebuild. Oh, it, they've been gone for time. Like when, when Ronaldo left, that he knew what time it was, and the fact that Zidane's ignoring is someone like Isco. Like um, previous games that Isco came on at seventy minutes, there was one nil done, set up a goal, and basically created the last goal as well. He cut the one two one. So you've got Isco in form, creating stuff in midfield, and you put on, you brought on these two random kids, um, Rodrigo and this other guy, trying to just launch them. Even um, Junior hasn't really done anything mad to, to, to warrant that price tag. Sergio Ramos is finished. I feel like he'll go PSG now. Mm. Modric and Crows are ballers, but again, engine's gone really, to be honest. It's a nice yeah. car. It's a big Ferrari, but the engine's gone. <laughs> the game's evolved. It's all Tesla now, isn't it? Yeah, like Kante, remember, Kante was faster. Yeah, that is a good shot as well. There's a Kante lot of players who are going through that in a minute. Around them. Right, so, you know, like Real Madrid need to go out and Hazard, Hazard needs to go back to Chelsea because this Hazard here is, is a lost boy. I don't think they'd have him. I don't think they need him or have him. And, and going back to Cal with Werner being the assist man, I think that's only because the the, the boy runs offside so many times he doesn't know how to hold a line. <laughs> and and um, his finishing is... Wow. You know, 
12th, uh, we, we had a guest on last show talking about sort of the German league and Werner, look, you know, like a top finisher here. He's, his, his finishing has been not up to scratch for what they paid. And he, he, if he just holds his line and gets practicing, I think next season will be big for him. Um, Pulisic has sort of not really delivered this season, but uh, Chelsea with it all to do, big final, looking forward to it. And glad it's an English final. Also touching on that though. However, I'm not too pleased with the fact that so many uh, England players will be coming back late for sort of making the squad and ready for the Euros and, and ready for the first game or two. So it's going to be a bit of an issue there, but we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. Um, really impressed with Reese James, especially on this weekend, which we'll talk about in a minute. So all to play for, and we'll obviously talk about this in the nearer the future. Right, moving quickly on, um, as we have so many gooners here. <laughs> Arsenal nil, Villarreal nil, Mr. Good Evening. Good evening. Good evening. Did you see that someone started the Twitter video of uh, the good evenings? But it, it was written. I don't think anyone sort of any any realistic Arsenal fans thought maybe we could nick it one nil. Um, but when I saw Bamiyang hit the post several times and then get subbed off for some ridiculous reason. Mental. And I don't know if you've seen Troops' reaction online, but that sort of sums it up. And it was written for uh, Emery to come back, prove to his former club that, you know, they made a mistake, missed the Europa League. Um, they were getting their own back for that Champions League. Uh, was it Raquel May missed penalty all those years yeah, ago? Yeah, 2006. Yeah, so it was written. It was written. So, I mean, it was no real surprise to me. Arsenal have been shocking. Were you guys surprised at the, the, the lacklustre uh, way, that the whimper that they went out? I'm going to start with Ash. They're not going to go cow. They're not going to go round tree. Just your views on the on the debacle that was the Europa League semi-final. Nothing surprises me with this team anymore. Like, you know what? It's going to sound crazy. You know, the moment that David Luiz got injured against Newcastle, I knew we were like we were in trouble. You need some, sometimes, like, what I've noticed with us is we need someone who can play out from the back and, like, have a level of urgency. And no matter what his thoughts are, he's he's never not urgent. He's always someone who's proactive and, like, on the front foot. And you need someone like him. We just, the team is devoid of leadership. It's devoid of structure. It's devoid of impetus. And... As as limited as David Luiz may be now, he needed to play. Like I just saw the team and I saw Bellerin starting. Obviously, Tierney just got thrown into it because of the injury at the like the start. I just I just looked at that team. It just didn't make sense. Like the the the, the subs didn't make sense. Like nothing made sense, and it was inevitable. We said it two weeks ago that he'll come in, and Emery's a specialist in this in this um, competition. Our only hope is that his specialism continues into the final and they beat United. But it's really, really sad that now we're sitting here just literally the only things that we're happy about is when other teams lose. Like we've fallen so far. It's absolutely terrible, man. It's disgusting to be honest. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. You know, it's a tough, it's a, it's a, it's a tough time and it's a really difficult game to talk about. Because, uh, you know, there were so many things that went wrong. I mean, what happened with the team selection? That was a strange-looking thing. Like, he tried, a, a, like, a false nine or something in the first leg. And then in the second leg, we had Orba coming back. And then we had, like, Smith Rowe playing centre midfield for the first time. So it's like, it's almost like Arteta is experimenting with his team in a game of such importance, mm-hmm. you know. And the result that that came out is pretty much a, a direct result of your experimentation going wrong. Um, so 
I don't know, man. I mean, I, when I saw the lineup, I thought, okay, we're attacking, right? Because we rarely see Pepe, Saka, Aubameyang all in the same team. So that's good. But then maybe we saw a reason why. Maybe it just doesn't work, you know? Maybe there's not enough people tracking back and working hard, trying to win the ball when you've got Pepe on the left and Aubameyang up front. Maybe you needed Lacazette up front for that extra bit of work rate. Maybe Martinelli on the left. Um, I, I mean, I, I look at that Villarreal team and I don't think they've got a whole lot more quality than Arsenal do. We should have been able to beat them. But unfortunately, I think what it comes down to is I think it comes down to uh, an experienced manager versus an inexperienced manager. And the experienced manager managed to win over the two legs, really, with a worse team. Mm-hmm. Agreed, yeah. Because even, like, I feel like, when um, Emery was at Arsenal, he wasn't the best fit. He's actually a good coach. You don't win up that many finals without being a good coach. There's no fluke on that. But this wasn't a fit for Arsenal. But I feel like Arteta's inexperience really lacked because you've gone into the game... Shaka cannot be playing left back. That is mental. That's that's a yellow card written all over it. Possible red card and a penny. It's just, it's just mental on that on that stage. And us holding the whole three at the back thing with um who do we got holding? Mari, like even see there was best suspect things that happened. Mari trying to announce that yeah, I'm a Villarreal fan. I was like, whoa, whoa, I don't hear this war game. Like, I don't want to be hearing all these, these suspect maneuvers. So I'd rather have I'd rather have four at the back um than doing this whole defensive approach to it. Um I think Erdegaard obviously just come back from injury and um, wasn't in the best form of his life. But again, he just got a, a team I didn't believe. I couldn't believe that that was a semi-final and he was that poor. Like there was no no one wanted to win. I don't know whether it was mm. match or what. It just didn't make any sense. It seemed like there was a, a lack of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a lack of desire. Would you agree with that? Yeah, there was no leadership. Mm. Like I, I looked in the field, there wasn't one leader, and Louise would have been that mm. guy. Mm. So this whole making a Bamian captain like that. To make him stay, I hear, I hear, but he's not actually a leader on the field. It doesn't have, doesn't have to do that. You can see Louise can get um, get people fired up. So that should have been the case for that, to be honest. Um, then Partey was exposed. Like People are trying to water him down. He's a good player. But being exposed in the midfield like that, it just meant he was going to get run around. So he was trying. Then obviously, obviously a couple of dead passes didn't go well for him. I think Pepe, um, Aubameyang and Saka would have, would have been good if they had more games together. They, they, they don't play enough games together. So we lack leadership on that, that angle of it. Um, William, I don't know why in the hell he came on. That was that's when I turned the TV off. <laughs> What's he on for? Doesn't thirty six games like that? Doesn't that's like going out with someone for, on thirty six dates and not having a kiss? Just hella handshakes. Yeah, like if that was me, I can't lie to you. I, I would have played Saka left back, yeah, and then had. Uh, Aubameyang Pepe and Lacazette Martinelli from, from, Martinelli made a difference when he tried yeah. to make a difference and he needs to play more and you know yeah, even Balogun looks like a natural finisher but again he's not even getting the, the games like we, like we can qualify for anything he should be playing now today so yeah I would have had Saka left back um, Martinelli would have been my super sub I would have went strong from the start in Lacazette um, Aubameyang and Pepe if Lacazette can only give me 45 minutes cool Martinelli comes on then after that but I would <laughs> Do you guys think Tierney was fit to play in that game or was he maybe rushed back, legs strapped up, giving him an injection to yeah, take definitely. the pain? No, but he, he's that Scotsman, isn't he? When, you, when I see him training in, in the snow in the shorts, like, I know he's got that 90, 90 minutes of USC in him to get through it. <laughs> like, we definitely got that. But again, it would have it would have helped if we didn't need to have that, to be honest. But 
don't know, man. Even people trying to say that um, Shaka in the field would have been helped. I, I don't rate this guy at all. He's a sideways SC player. I don't, I don't, I don't rate him. But him in the middle again, you get a little bit more urgency in there. Like him at left back is just like you said, it's just a calamity. Something's mm. gonna go wrong. The only good games he's had is against Sheffield United, and I think was it the second leg against Slavia Prague. Mm. But away from that, so my thing is this: you've got someone like him playing left back for two games. It's worked for those particular two games. He doesn't then become a solution to the problem. Like you, yeah. you literally did for the two games, and then once once you've got even someone like say a Cedric back, I'd rather play Cedric there because he's a normal fullback. Like he knows how to get into one on one like one v one positions. He knows his body shape, all of those little things. It just seems that like. Lots of little, like, lots of things are just thrown against the wall and hopefully something sticks. Yeah. And again, even playing like Odegaard and um, Emil Smith-Rowe, I get you do that for when you're chasing the game. He did it against mm. West West Ham when we were 3-0 down, but that's when West Ham were just sitting back. Like, we kind of knew that, like, Villarreal were going to be dangerous on the break. We kind of knew that they, they kind of ball out with their three in the middle of the park. It just meant that Partey didn't have the best game, but how can you expect him to have the best game when he's literally holding the midfield together by himself? And he hasn't really been at the level that we expect him to be, so he needed someone in there as well. There's just so many decisions that have been wrong throughout the season, yet he's, like, yet there's no real talk of him losing his job. Like, he was never good enough to be the manager. I said this on this podcast. I don't know why we're going for someone like Arteta. The craziest thing is, if we went Arteta directly after Wenger, we would probably be begging for someone like Emery right now. I don't rate Emery, but it's just crazy how timing plays a huge thing. But one thing I did know is then and now, Arteta was never good enough. Mm, mm, mm. Well said. I'm not cut for it enough. It's not cut for a club. Like, the way Tottenham got rid of of Mourinho, I'm thinking, okay, he's actually got you to a final. You've waited 13 years to get into a final. He's got you to one. And you still got rid of him. Mm. I like that cutthroatness there. Well, oh. Chelsea are a prime example. With Come on. Their, their positioning with Lampard. And now they got in Thomas Tuchel and they're in two finals, Champions League position. They've got the joint best defence or like sort of clean sheets in Europe and, you know, only second to Man City. So need to be a bit more cutthroat. There's a lot of issues that Arsenal need to deal with behind the scenes with the Cronkays and also... Arteta has a lot to answer. A lot of Deadwood players weren't leaving, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, just moving quickly across Europe, we had the goal Bonanza in Roma and Man United. Man United securing their place. Um, Cavani popping up. A lot of question marks maybe at the beginning when they signed him, but he, he's that finisher that they needed and he's just done really well. And um, everyone, well, I can't see Man United uh, sort of losing this, so Man United to, to win the Europa League. We all agreed on that one. No, I'm going to pray that Villarreal do it. <laughs> That's more in hope than, than logic. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I'm going right. for the game nightmare. Villarreal score one goal, defence and get a penalty. Yeah. Wow. Watch this space. Right. Moving quickly on to Premier League. Um, the team that seems to not want to finish in the top four, Leicester City. Now, this was the early uh, kickoff. Friday evening, I believe, against Newcastle. Um, Newcastle just about out of the woods, um, although sort of anything can happen with these next three or four games to go. They've got their team back, Callum Wilson, their talisman now returning from fitness, and Willock seems to be scoring off the bench, and they surprised everyone racing to a 4-0 lead away from home. Leicester losing Johnny Evans for injury, and, and it showed massively, didn't it? I mean, mm. sort of, uh, Fafana, as good as he's been, still quite young and naive and uh, Toyonshu awful 
sort of touch to allowing Willock for that first goal. Great, great take by Willock, who's sort of up in his fee if Arsenal going to sell him on um, or show him why he should be should be playing next season. But um, Leicester just just falling apart. Um, Ash, what's your thoughts on sort of Madison not not hitting the heights and Leicester just falling by the wayside? I don't know if they're distracted by the FA Cup final. I'm not too sure because they played the team. Obviously, yeah, no Evans was huge, right? So it kind of shifted what they were going to do. Um, but even in that Southampton game when they, they, they managed to get a draw, like I almost felt like if they beat Southampton and they beat Newcastle, top four was was assured. Like it was it was done. And their next few games are, I think they've got United, they've got Chelsea, and they finish with someone else really difficult as well. So, yeah, it's just, it's such a shame. Such a shame. And again, like Vardy's goals have dried up. I know Ian Acho's scoring, so they're still scoring goals. Like last year, what happened is they stopped scoring goals and we're getting beat 1-0. Now they're just getting like, their players are scoring, but they're just not doing enough. It's, it's a shame. I really would love them to make it. I think... The only the only saving grace is that United have these three games in five days, and I almost feel like what they might do is they might go for today, take a break with the Leicester game, and then want to beat Liverpool because Liverpool are like their their big rivals. Mm. So that might be the one saving grace that Leicester get is that United actually rest their players in the middle game and then go hard for the Liverpool game, and Liverpool struggle at Old Trafford. But yeah, it's crazy, man. Mm. It's really really crazy. Yeah, well, with an eye on Europa, you know, they'll probably try their best against Liverpool, but Liverpool pushing hard for that that, uh, coveted fourth place as well. Um, Roundtree, being a gooner, were you happy with the Leeds result? Leeds, three, Spurs, one. Um, Yeah, goodness, Spurs are just air. I just feel like Kane's going to go Man United very, very soon. Um, Son will probably go Real Madrid. The team will crumble again. They haven't got a manager in place. They've gone back to this funky formation and you're missing out <laughs> to your ballers in, in, in Dombole. I don't know why he's not in the team. Oh, yeah, that's that's a sin, uh, yeah. And then sort of Gareth Bell playing and as much as he offers up top, no no cover. He was missing. Uh, Gareth Bell was missing for 65 minutes. I think he pointed his hand a couple of times to say someone else to run there. Daily Ali has gone for the Edgar Davis dreadbook, which is not really <laughs> And other than that, Tottenham just look like Tottenham in it. Just another season, nothing. That's the only thing I have as an Arsenal fan right now. That Tottenham do nothing. Leeds mm. ball out of control. Loved it. Great, great football. I thought Tottenham was going to come back in it. Um, but Harry Kane, I'm honest with him. If he would have stayed at Norwich, they would have. He would have won two, two things in his career by now. <laughs> so Harry Kane from Man United, 90 mil done. Come, um, Deli Ali, late contention for England position. He, he got a great assist for uh, Sun's goal and then also had uh, an assist chalked off for that marginal offside um, I think he offers something still um, hair, hair aside does his concentrate on the plane but um, late shout for, for the England team and Bamford again sort of he's finally got a goal I've kept with him on fantasy football and uh, he, he sort of pops up he's a smart player I like him a lot so see if he gets a call up um, moving swiftly on we've got a bit of a nothing game in the evening uh, that was only sort of brought to life by Ezzy. I mean, I like him a lot, and I know people on the pod liked him a lot, but uh, Sheffield United losing again to Crystal Palace. Benteke getting a, <laughs> the, the dodgiest of goals and then doing that dead LeBron James celebration that he does like he's just scored a worldie. It makes me laugh when the guy's only had like seven goals or, you know, his, his, his track record is poor. But um, Palace uh, moving on. I'm just surprised. I don't know if anyone else noticed this, and I, I don't know if it's sort of, 
me maybe looking into it, but if you ever watch Will Zaha's reactions to every time that they miss or he doesn't get the ball or something happens, it's proper like disgusted and upset with his teammates as if he's like he's moaning them. And I don't know if this is an attitude on the pitch or anything, and it sort of doesn't bode well, doesn't look well. I don't know if anyone else has noticed that or wants to wants to comment on that. No, he's just upset that he's not a hostile. I think he's all right. I think he's quite happy. He's not asking a minute, to be honest. <laughs> no, I, I think you've, you've spoken about something. He's looked really unhappy for a lot of times. Like he just seems to constantly be getting into arguments with people on the pitch. If someone tackles him, like he wants to like kick off all the time. He just seems really frustrated. And I think part of it is that move, he, yeah. yeah, part of it is that he hasn't kind of moved, but I think part of it is a frustration with himself that he hasn't really achieved what he should have done. Cause in this team, as much as like palace are limited and stuff like that, you can still essentially be a star. We've seen it with certain players where they really like push themselves to be in, like in the window when they're like, you know what, I'm going to take this team on my back. I'm going to be that. He is not really doing that. It's almost like he's just, he's just frustrated with everything. And, I definitely think there's a frustration with him. I think Joe Cole um, was speaking about just his overall development, how he's been coached. And and I think there is an element of frustration with himself as much as with the club and the circumstance that he's in. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, um, I think he has taken the team on his back, um, although he hasn't. The numbers obviously don't quite reflect that, but he, he is the star there or as he's sort of popping up now, the way the boy carries the ball and just sort of great player. And I'm glad he got his goal. Um, so, yeah, just, just something I noticed. And then, right, the big game of the weekend, sort of uh, giving no indication of what's going to happen in the Champions League final and having just recently played in the FA Cup semi-final, Man City could have clinched the league title at home to Chelsea. They decided to play a slightly different formation to match up with Chelsea with uh, three at the back, Ake playing. And um, Chelsea just sort of nicking it at the last minute. Um Cal, did you did you see the game and what were your thoughts on Aguero's missed penalty? It was a game of two penalties, really. Sterling should have got a penalty towards the end. That was that should have been given. That's where VAR should have intervened. And then Aguero with a dodgy Penenka. Did did you see the game at all? I did. And um I do feel sorry for Aguero because he's a certified Premier League legend. And he's trying to go out with a bang. He's trying to let everybody know. Listen. Man's name is Sergio, yeah? This is who I am. This is what I do. Ain't nobody going to come around here and do the kind of things that I can do. And then he flops. <laughs> so it's just like, what are you doing? And then they end up losing the game. So if if that penalty was taken properly, he probably would have scored. It probably would have been a 2-2 at least. You know, that's the kind of thing that can change the whole game, the momentum shifts, and maybe City go on and win the game and win the league. Um, and I think I think you could you could see the frustration from uh, Pep when he kind of just turned his back on him and and, and kind of walked away from the pitch cussing. <laughs> that must be so frustrating seeing your player do that. But hey, man, I mean, if if it would have went in, we all would have been loving it. You know, it's mm. one of those things. Kind of happened. Similar thing happened to Lookman earlier on in this season, didn't it? But you know, you move. That's what you can do is you move, and and you try and pick yourself up in the next game. But overall, I think Chelsea Chelsea are, are looking like their defence is really tough to break down. Um, I mean, we saw City in the Champions League playing some absolutely breathtaking football. They come to Chelsea and it's just like, what can you do here? Not a whole lot, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we have to kind of give credit to Chelsea and the way Tuchel's setting them up to be defensively solid. Mm-hmm. I think Aguero, 
if uh, he's not sort of seeing out his career, the, the league isn't wrapped up and he's got a penalty in, say, the Champions League, he's definitely not doing that in a Champions League or in a game that matters. He was sort of half-hearted. Um, did you see him talking to Sterling about Sterling taking the ball off him and scoring? And Sterling was like, look, man, come on, your, your first touch should have been better. Um, Sterling, lucky to be on the pitch. I don't know if anyone sort of shares that that view, sort of that tackle. That's so, what? Yeah, proper striker's tackle. I mean, I didn't think it was that bad being a striker. Uh, back in the day, it would have just been a yellow card as it was. Although nowadays, refs have been inclined to, to send a man straight straight off so um yeah it's dead in sort of lucky to be to be on the pitch still to be fair he could have got a penalty as well he probably had a, a legitimate penalty shout when i think it was zuma that clattered into him yeah yeah stumbled um, in yeah from behind yeah that was a that should have been a pen but you know chelsea looking good swing. yeah chelsea looking good uh Ziyech scoring um that boy Werner, a few offsides and then james was really impressed with james running and hopefully in for an England call up as well as a, as a good squad player, so yeah, Chelsea looking really good, ending strong, and the amount of running they've done, and uh, also I think sort of the psych- psychological side of a big, big win against Real Madrid now might be the best time to play City. The, the league's wrapped up; they're going to concentrate on the Champions League. Chelsea, um, I mean, everyone had this game down pretty much for a draw, and then last minute winner. Chelsea fans have to be happy. Um, I'm going to quickly end just with results with uh, Liverpool. 2-0 win. Uh, Allison, man in a match, he'll show what he's capable of. Some phenomenal saves. He even gave the ball to Southampton players to go have a shot, see if he can beat me, and they still couldn't beat him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really impressive. Thiago scores finally. I don't know if anyone saw Sky Sports were showing the goal from a player's point of view on the pitch. Did you see that with the horrible graphics? No. No, go and check it. It looked really bad. For the amount of money people paying for Sky Sports, for, <laughs> for, for the feature, it looked like something from like sensible soccer or like you know <laughs> in the dead but um yeah liverpool liverpool making a, a late rush does it do anyone think they're going to get that top four i'm going to go around sort of who they think is going to finish in that top four place uh we'll start with uh we'll start with roundtree then we'll go ash then we'll go cow so city man united uh i don't think liverpool are going to make it to this well they took another injury yesterday the squad is just depleted they're all given up really um yeah, I think Liverpool's... This is this this feels like Liverpool are going back to the old school Liverpool. Thiago was a good signing, but he hasn't really adjusted to the Prem. He's a neat baller, but he hasn't really done anything. If Wijnaldum goes, they're going to lose a big part of the engine. So, I don't think Liverpool make the top four to this. Um, it's difficult. It To me, it all depends on the United, United what they do. I think West Ham might fall slightly short. Um, so, I think it's either Liverpool or Leicester. If Leicester, if Leicester get a better result against United than Liverpool do, then I think Leicester will go into the Champions League. Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm kind of wanting to stick with my opinion from a couple of episodes ago, where I said, you know, I expect to see the uh, the smaller teams kind of drop out of the top four. Um, I think Liverpool can get in there. I think Leicester might just drop out. West Ham might just drop off. Liverpool can get in there. But it, like Ash says, it's kind of going to depend on that Man United game. If Liverpool can beat United, then yeah, they can do it. Mm. I still think Chelsea could even get second. You know, it's, it's, it's still possible. Um, we won't spend too long on the fixtures just because of time. But I think the big game here is West Ham Everton. Obviously, both teams trying to push for uh, Champions League or, or, or European place. Uh, so that that'll be good. And uh, obviously the Wolves-Brighton game is playing as we speak. Arsenal-West Brom, that's a write-off. No one cares about that anymore. And Villa United with a bit of history there. Um, 
and I've got Bruno as my triple captain. So we shall wait and see what happens there. Um, before I pass it on, anything you guys want to add to the fixtures before we touch on a few new segments? I think after it'll be West Brom to relegate them, that'd be great. That'd be our, our shining moment of the season. <laughs> um, United would do the job. I think West Ham, Everton, just I just smell goals. Lingard dancing. I think Lingard will get a goal and assist. Talbot Lewin, and then a dodgy goal, and maybe Seamus Coleman. I think that that ends three three or so. I think that's a high goal score going game. Nice. One for the bets. One for the uh, over two point five goals, maybe. Well, to be honest, I'm actually fancy doing. Che- I'm, I'm going to do a ten pound Chelsea double. Chelsea to win the FA Cup in the Champions League. I'm not mad here. I respect it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Right. Talking of. Uh, Rauchy said earlier that Harry Kane, if he'd have stayed at Norwich, he would, at least would have won uh, something. On the other side, their rivals Ipswich, their shirts are to be sponsored by Global Star Ed Sheeran, next season musician, to have his logo on men's and women's shirts. Uh, and this is his way of showing support. He signed a deal as a sh- shirt sponsor with Itchy's Towns men and women's team, uh, making another step in the League One's club, club attempt to reverse a decade and a half of flagging fortunes on and off the pitch. Um, I think Fatboy Slim has done this before with Brighton, I believe. And I know Harry Kane has recently donated <clears throat> excuse me, money towards Leighton Orient for their sponsorship, uh, which is going for... Um, sort of war heroes or, or, or people within the war. So we, we commend Ed Sheeran. Um, Roundtree, have you, have you worked with Ed Sheeran? Have you met him? Yeah, um, about, well, it's about nine years ago now. One of my first videos, he came and he just literally stepped on the floor. I was like, oh, this guy's sick. Um, and the, the Rushford guys actually introduced me to him. Um, he did a lot of, he used to do a lot of work with Grime Art, and he's just literally a big Grime fan. So from seeing how he is, I, I, I can get why he's done this. Um, most people would just think it's a tax write-off, which, which it probably is, but... The best way to write off your taxes is probably for your club that you like it and your hometown. So I'm not mad at it. It's it's um it's a good way to give back. And um yeah, if, if I had uh, enough money, I'd definitely be sponsoring Arsenal, even though they don't need it. Um, but it's nice. Yeah, it's, it's a nice little move, Dennis. Nice touch. Um, yeah, Ash, uh, if you could have any musician sponsoring your team, your Sunday League team, who would it be? Not Arsenal, obviously, because they got enough money, but. If you could have any artists sponsoring your... That is a great question. That is. I thought um, I just dropped that on you. That wasn't on the notes either. So that was a for great that. question. Uh-huh. He's, not the, he's not the best rapper, but he's always been my favourite growing up was Stars P. And he does Ooh. like... He's got like... um ju- He's got like his Juice World company in it. So yeah. I wouldn't mind having like Stars P's Juice World company like emblazoned on the red and white of my old team, Cool Oak Rangers. Oh, quick aside, actually. um, My old my old team on Saturday, all of them, um, we may be playing a game at um, Vicarage Road this Friday. So I'm just trying to get fit for that. So, um, yeah, I'll let you guys know more about that on the next pod. Exclusive. Vicarage Road, Leighton? Orient. No, um, Watford. Oh, Watford, oh, yeah. yeah I don't know yeah, why yeah. I thought Vicarage Road. Yeah, you could tell I'm from Leighton from the bits because there is a real Vicarage Road. Yeah, hopefully that happens um, this Friday. But I'll let, I'll, let, I'll let you guys know after. And then I might have nice. to pop up my socials. I'm having DMX yeah. sponsor my team. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. D- DMX would sponsor like uh, the Battersea Dogs Home. <laughs> Where my dogs are. Um, Cal, <laughs> might as well ask you, who would you have sponsor? What artist would you have sponsor your your Sunday League team or your team, your sort of made up team? 
Um, well, you see, it's a, it's a tricky thing, man, because you don't really want to mess your, your brand up, you know? Like, you don't want to get Onyx um, or, like, someone like Necro sponsoring your team. <laughs> 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 so um, I'm going to go and keep it clean, and I'm going to go with Beyonce. Mm. Nice, that's very clean cut. Commercial yeah. appeal. Think of the commercial deals you're going to make. Maybe I'll say you were. Right. Uh, someone who has uh, not done the right thing, not commercial appeal, but sort of a bit of a mishap here. Jens Lehmann, the ex-Arsenal legend, sacked after leaked WhatsApp exposes uh, racist comments on Sky Pundit. Uh, the former Arsenal shot stopper accidentally messaged Dennis Agogo, who screenshotted the exchange and posted it on social media. Um, I don't know who shared this with the group, so I'm going to pass this over to you. If Was it Ash? Did you share it? Or yeah. Was this about the token? Yeah, so he basically said um, something along the lines of, is this the token like black person? Oh, is Dennis? So, yeah. yeah. Is Dennis basically your token black guy? Yeah. Um, but he sent it directly to the person. I mean, Ouch. <sighs> listen, regardless of whether you're a club, like, club legend, obviously the goalkeeper for the Invincibles, like, absolute dickhead. Like, you, like it's just, I think he was trying to basically be funny and it just wasn't funny at all. Like, it's just so unnecessary. He's done the whole apology stuff, but the, the thing that I say in life, I say this to the young people I work with, I say it to anyone, the ability to say sorry is great, but it's even better when you don't have to say sorry. So, mm. so don't do anything that causes you to say sorry. That's even more powerful than saying sorry. And that's just, that's, that's my stance with this. Like what he's done is disgusting and, there's no no ratings whatsoever from me. You like keep your apology. Like what you said is what you said. That's what you meant. You don't really mean the apology. So it's yeah. poor. I'd rather him not apologize to this because the way I see it is even when they said it was accidentally sent. So realistically, he was talking about him. He was on your mind. He sent it to him by accident, but it was meant for someone else. So yeah, for me, yeah, right off. I don't care about him anymore. Void, mm. void. I'm not on the cancel thing, but avoid him. Like that's where you're. Like I've got a lot of German friends and South African friends and. A lot of them have grown up like in this kind of racism thing and it's installed them and they're, they're trying to uninstall it. I get that. But the fact that he's doing this and then trying to just blase his way out an apology, nah, I don't forget his name. Mm. Mm. And, you're, you know, you're a figurehead. Um, yeah, doesn't that, not, not, not looking good for him. And um, just while we're on the back of that, just sort of there has been a social media boycott by players and players are still receiving abuse. I know Raheem Sterling was... Uh, abused and he reported it and there was a Wales international Rabbi uh, Matondo revealed uh, he was subject to racist abuse online um, doesn't seem to be letting up which is horrendous man uh, so just sort of everyone stay vigilant and just be respectful and, and I know everyone that listens to this we don't we don't tolerate none of that so Jens Lehmann it's uh, nick, nick so good from you I'm afraid which is a happen. shame because um, the whole idea is that's so they make everyone have to verify their accounts. Like, if you're thank part. you, thank you, yeah. Because like Ian Wright took what someone, some guy to court, whatever, but it turned out it was a little kid, and the kid didn't get no time or nothing, or no, not even community service or something like that. So it's just, mm. just some whole, like, they love it, to be honest with you, because if he's really wanted to, if I go and cuss the Queen right now, you'll figure out where I live quickly. So have the same energy for these racist people. Find their IP addresses, charge them, find them, whatever. Make it more serious, and it will stop. Yeah, well said. Well said. There was an Ian Wright documentary on BBC iPlayer. I don't know if anyone's seen it yet. I uh, haven't added it to the notes, but um, worth watching as he is a great speaker and sort of shares a lot of his own personal experiences and great to talk to people as well. So just keep an eye out for that. 
Right, moving swiftly on. A few more notes we've got here. Tony, Tony, Tony. Uh, Ivan Tony breaks Glenn Murray's championship goal record as brilliant Brentford striker. Hits 30, uh, 31st goal of the season. Um, the championship, one of the hardest leagues, if not the hardest league to get out to. Everyone's trying to get to the promised land. So to net over 30 goals is incredibly impressive. And Brentford, we all like Brentford the way they ran. Mm. And they've always sort of almost been there. You know, the nearly team. I would like to see them in the Premier League. Um, for a season and hopefully longer if they were able to to hold that but uh, maybe this could happen this season I'm not quite sure where they are currently in the championship third they're third, they're third. yeah oh right so playoffs Beckham mm, mm, mm. so Tony's a baller do you think he'll get snapped up if they don't make it do you think he could carry it over to the Premier League uh, Ash do you reckon he'll make it to the Premier League if you get if they if they don't make it so you see that Ollie Watkins, he's come up and I haven't always been impressed by Ollie Watkins, but he steadily had his first season. Obviously Villa have shifted and done a few things where like Greaves has been out or sometimes they played with um like a 4-2-3-1, sometimes it's been a 4-3-3. And I think he's done pretty well this season. He's actually outscored Watkins this year. Um and they were it's a, more, a different league though, isn't it? It's a different yeah, league. Yeah, yeah, it's a different league. And remember, like last year, Watkins had Ben Rama there as well. Like oh, there was sorry, a, yeah, last, yeah, season. There was, they, they last season there was a lot of stuff that was kind of like happening for him as well. So for Tony to do that in what could maybe arguably be like seen as a weaker side says a lot. So I think he could definitely make the jump. Um I've seen even some people say that that like, Arsenal have been linked with him as well. And I mean I think that probably says a lot about where Arsenal's at at the moment. But yeah, he can he can definitely make the jump. Um, if Watkins can do it, I'm pretty sure he can. But it all depends on going to the right side and having the right setup around you. Like that's that's also very important. Yeah, man. Um, and strikers, as we know, are at a premium. And if you can get 20 plus goals, then you'll be snapped up. Um, speaking of strikers, the world's best striker, arguably at the minute. And the last few years, Robert Lewandowski bagged a hat-trick in Bayern Munich's 6-0 demolition of Borussia Mönchengladbach to secure another German title. This team just keeps steamrolling. He now has, Lewandowski now has 39 goals, one shy of Gerhard Müller's uh, amazing record of 40 league goals from 1971 to 1972. Um, I think, you know, is there a better striker than, than Lewandowski? At the moment, like for like for that position, I mean, you know, you could argue Mbappe, Mbappe or sort of. No, I think he's. I think he's. I think he's the man. For that, yeah, for that position. I mean, I mean Kane, stage Kane, Kane's close behind, but Lewandowski for if goals. If we say goal scorer, I, I don't think there is anybody. Uh, you know, Lewandowski is just an absolute machine. Just scores goals. I mean, yeah, Ronaldo's done that, and Messi's done that as well. But and and they've made it look a bit more pretty as well with the way that they play. But I think the way that Robert Lewandowski does it is just he's so efficient. It's ridiculous, man. It's I see I see Mbappe more as the the forward kind of role, but Lewandowski is the, the striker striker. Hmm. <laughs> I think there was a stage where Suarez would have. I think Suarez would have been better because I think Suarez is maybe the more overall player. But if you're talking about the last three to four years. Lewandowski has been by far the best nine um, that's around. And I think Kane's good, but again, Kane's at Spurs. So he's always doing it with like one hand tied behind his back, whereas Lewandowski is just pure, like a thoroughbred, like truly exceptional player. And yeah, he's he's the best. 
Uh, right now, um, just looking at uh, on UEFA.com, you can see the top scorers in Europe's 2020-2021 top five domestic leagues. And you've got Messi with 28, Ronaldo with 27, and Lewandowski completely eclipsing them with 39. Mm. Right. It's got He's almost doing and then you've, then you've got Haaland and Mbappe with 25. Plus, Lewandowski was injured as well this season for a bit as well. Yeah. Mm. All right. That concludes our notes. I'm going to pass it to Extra Time. Any other business before we do a brand new segment of the one-two, which I'll speak about in a second. But Extra Time, any other notes or new segments we're going to add on to talk about before we wrap this up? You know, we like to give them that live content. Um, Lewis Dunk has just been sent off for um, Brian um, after scoring the opener in their game. So, yeah, this is a good watch. Glad I took him out of my dream team, mate. Yeah. Um, extra time, I would just want to add in, I think Arsenal are, are doing this whole championship raid and I don't think it's going to work. I think we've got to get rid of the Eddies and all those lot, give some more time to Balogun and them lot and Martinelli and rebuild. I think it's a blessing that we're out of everything. Hopefully we can get a top six finish next season. Ish. <laughs> I mean, I, I said it before, I think us being out of Europe could help concentrate on the league if Arteta hasn't got top four positioned by Christmas then it's, it's not going to look good with the fans can you imagine the fans there with, with the performances it's been shocking maybe they've needed the fans um, when Arteta first took over and Arsenal were having those water breaks you remember all the teams were having the water breaks mm-hmm. and they were massively improving after every water break because of their sort of coaching and, and, and he needed to get his message across but since then I can't think of more than three players that have improved I can only count on one hand that the impressive performances it's not looking good um, they need to go further in the championship. They just need to sort of have a rethink um, and sort of, yeah, reset, reset. Not looking um, good. One thing that might be worth a quick mention is uh, this little article from Be In Sports where they've talked about the European Super League and uh, this post-Super League debacle where nine of the clubs involved have escaped a punishment, uh, well, escaped a possible ban from the Champions League and the Europa League because UEFA has welcomed them back. Um, These clubs have apologised. They've kind of admitted that the Super League project was a mistake. And now there's going to be, in inverted commas, reintegration measures that they have to go through. (laughs) I just think this story is quite hilarious. UEFA are absolutely livid. um, And the clubs are now going to have to contribute 15 million euros to a goodwill fund, which will be used for youth and grassroots football in Europe. Um... And I think they're going to be deducted 5% of UEFA club competition revenues. Um, so they're going to be withheld for one season and that money is going to be redistributed. Um, and uh, apparently there's a, a future penalty being put in place, which says should any of those clubs attempt a similar breakaway again in the future, they'll all be fined 100 million euros and breaching any other aspect of the club commitment declaration that the clubs have signed. Um, they will incur a fine of 50 million euros. So UEFA are really sort of clamping down and saying, if you guys are going to be a part of this, you're going to have to play by the rules. So it's the corrupt, bullying the corrupt. It's sick. Right. Okay, okay. Right, our last segment. Now, this is something new for the listeners and you can join in. Um, This is exclusively for our guests. So Roundtree, what I'm basically going to be doing is give you an option. It's called the one-two, just like in football, the one-two, the old give-go, give it some, go, go, go. I'm going to give you a choice of two words and you just literally got to just say the first first thing. Um, 
and don't even dwell on it too much and obviously we'll judge you and <laughs> <laughs> all right so no explanations just straight answers uh, you can give one after if you want. If there's a sudden, or really, then yeah, you can you can do that. You can feel like you have to justify yourself, but you don't have to because it's on you. Right here we go. Nice easy one to start with. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi, team player. Sixty seconds or knockouts? Uh, Sixty seconds. Hackney Marshes or goals five aside? Hackney Marshes. Home games or away games? Home games, crazy. Headers or volleys? Volleys. <laughs> Predator boots or the R9 boots? Oh shit, man! <laughs> R9 Ronaldo's are mad, but the Predators maybe like made for like Beckham and Nedved. Uh, I'm gonna go R9, R9, R9. Okay, Italia '90 or Russia '2018? Italia '90. This is a hard one. Ian Wright or Thierry Henry? Ah, Ian Wright. My first game I ever saw was Ian Wright versus Gordon Strachan scoring to see. Nice. Short sleeve shirt or long sleeve shirt when you're playing? I'm going to explain. Long sleeve shirt makes you more hench, <laughs> but the short sleeve shirt makes you run faster. So, <laughs> short sleeve shirt. If it's a win now, I would go for the long sleeve bowler look. Cool. Um, standing at a ground or sitting down? I was standing, man. Well, that's sitting down for the wine drinkers. And last one. Nut, nutmeg or ole? Not big, man, because you see the person's so deplete. Old school. Cool, cool, cool. There, that wraps up the one-two. Uh, just a little bit of fun, and uh, we get a better insight into who Roundtree is. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, bro. We really appreciate your time. We obviously understand you got, you're a busy man, obviously making these hits. Uh, you know, invite us. Don't Feel, feel free to invite us at the next uh, listening party or whatever's going on. Um, <laughs> no, thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, I need to get treats on as well, man. I need to bring them over. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I've been Ben English and we have been speaking about the Champions League and Europa League games recently. The results in the Premier League, news with Neymar, Ed Sheeran, uh, Jens Lehmann, Tony, 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 German League being wrapped up, Lewandowski being number one and the one-two segment with some extra time. Ash, as always, thank you, sir. Yeah, love, man. Um, really good having Roundtree on and, um, yeah, looking forward to listening to more and more of your bangers come out. Thank you. And Cal, thank you, sir. Big up, big up to everybody involved. One last quick thing to throw in before we're done. I forgot to mention that Real Madrid, Barcelona and Juventus have refused to follow suit with UEFA's proposals and all three of them could now face a strong punishment by UEFA. Um, but yeah, big up to everybody. Shout out to Roundtree and uh, hopefully we'll catch you on social media, man. I'll see you guys in the classroom game. And <laughs> everyone's going to be crying together after the Arsenal kick <laughs> oh what today I'm not even watching them cool alright um, as always thanks for listening make sure you have a good week and take care peace peace